Welcome to Booming Your Face, a platform for indie artists and musicians to come and share their new music or projects, as well as discuss topics about the music industry and the community at large. Booming Your Face has two meanings. One is that booming your face from the music that you're listening to, but the other booming your face is when someone assumes the situation is one way and booming your face is totally wrong and something totally different. So on occasion, we discuss those boom-in-your-face moments, so watch out that someone might be you. Listeners, if you'd like to share your boom-in-your-face musical projects, or share your boom-in-your-face moments, or just want to join us in the conversation, reach out and email me at boominyourface616 at gmail.com, or visit the website and sign up for the newsletter, like, subscribe, and share the episodes. I'm your host, Mary Kearney. Welcome. We are in an exciting time in America. We have our first black woman nominated as vice president of the United States to become the first black female vice president. Not because of her color, but because she's qualified. Kamala D. Harris. As an homage to all the black women throughout history that have fought for this moment, I found an article, 16 Black Women Activists, from the past and present that we must celebrate by Tracy Michael. Ruby D, Betty Shabazz, Coretta Scott King, Zora Houston, Lorraine Hanberry, Jesse Foust, Catherine Dunham, Lena Horn, Audrey Lord, June Jordan, Josephine Baker, Toziki Sage, Faith Ringo, and Myra McBall. Not are they the only ones, but the ones that we're gonna just highlight for this moment. Welcome everyone. Thank you. Now, how's everyone feeling today knowing that this election is the fight of your life? I, I feel like, um, you know, it, it's just about time. And we just have to come together and we have. All right. I'm coming straight to you, James, as the male of the group. Yes. What does this time in history mean to you? Um, it means a lot. You know, I I don't look at it, I don't think I think the same way most people do. The question I ask myself all the time is how do we get to this point? Right? And that's why I that's one of the main reasons why I support Biden and Kamala is because I know that they I'll see the same things I see, right, in the errors of what's happened over the past presidential term. And I know they want to come in and fix those things, right? Okay. And I think they ask themselves the same questions. How do we get here? And what can we do to get back to where America should be? Right. And so what do you mean by you don't see it the same way everyone else's viewpoint that you feel see it? That sentiment I just had is, is most of what it is to me. I don't... I, I think Jessica said it earlier, even before we got on the call. Personally, Biden specifically, I don't particularly care for over other candidates. There were other candidates in the Democratic Party I would have supported, right? And so Biden is not my first pick. Oh, right? he wasn't. Okay, that's yeah. understandable, but that's he is saying. the pick. So now I agree. That's what I said. So it's not right. Biden. Is That's the pick. Mm -hmm. 
which is okay, my, so my main question for you, son, is do you even see the significance of the movement of it being a black female being nominated? Absolutely. And on top of just being a black female, the fact that she's a woman. Absolutely. It's a combination. We have a double threat right there. Absolutely. It doesn't mean a lot. It's a huge, in his, historically, in America, especially, that we've come to the point now, yes, we're willing, we're accepting of having not only a woman in the president, vice president role. That, I mean, that was, that's what I had to say. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's huge. It says a lot about where we, where we are as a country now, where we've always wanted to be. Right. Okay. Especially with the movement around after George Floyd's death, there have been a lot of, there's been a lot of, I guess, a lot of the black issues that we've always known are issues are starting to come to light. Right. right. And I think that's pushed a lot of people to be more accepting of a lot of things they didn't notice they weren't accepting of. Okay. If that makes sense. That's fair. So it's yeah. huge, I'd say, to say to to see something like this happening already so quick. Not to say that it's a, a result of the George Floyd movement, all those type of things. Right. But, but the shift. It definitely pushed, yes. It was the, uh, yeah, it was the climate point. Yes. Mm-hmm that really pushed everything forward to the front. Right. Doreen, how do you feel about knowing that your next vice president is not only just because she's a black woman, because I want, that's we're celebrating, but she's a qualified person is what I want to highlight because I don't want people to feel, oh, she was picked only because she's a black woman. No, she was picked also because she's qualified. Um, to see the first um, vice president be nominated, what well, to accept her nomination um, yesterday on the anniversary of a hundred, the hundredth year that we as women have been able to vote was um, a phenomenal uh, feeling. Um, I, I was overjoyed just to see that and know that as women we can do anything. Um, and, you know, again, I I was just, just happy to see that again, it was accepting, um, and that we've even gotten to this point for us to even have a seat at the table. So, um, I'm excited and we are definitely in a fight of our life, um, to getting this country back on track. So proud moment. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. My question is this. Maybe someone else could see it with clarity, but I mean, the fact that we even have to celebrate to such a high level that the fact that a Black woman, a Black person, is even being elevated to such a high level speaks volumes to what we are dealing with ongoing with the injustices of what's going on in America. Now, granted, we haven't historically let it stop us from growth or prosperity or elevating our lives. Fight. Mm-hmm. Right. And let's also highlight that she is a graduate of a HBCU. I'm sorry. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. That was a big boost for them. Because yes. a lot of colleges have gone out of business. And she's an uh, alpha, kappa, alpha, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Those are just signs. Yes. It shouldn't be, oh, 
I see that black woman, it should be, oh, we see a candidate that is qualified that is going for this office. Right. If she happens to be female and she happens to be black. And that is the crisis that's going on in America still. And, you know, the messed up part about it is her resume is quite impressive. So that's taken away Correct. from what she's really worth because she is African-American. Because when I was looking up, you know, I pulled up on Wikipedia and I got that uh, she was a lawyer, you know. A prosecutor, yeah. The US Senator, yeah, the junior U.S. Senator from Cali since 2017. That's what she's doing now. And then um, she was the presumptive Democratic vice president nominee in this 2020 election, but also she went to Howard. She has a degree in Howard University, the University of California, Hastings College of Law. And her first job in uh, Korean politics was at the Alameda DA's office, Alameda County. And she did a lot. You know, she got recruited to the San Francisco DA's office, the lady, the, later the city attorney of um, San Francisco office. And she got elected into the DA office in 2003 and then again in 2010. So she did a lot. And she's the second African-American woman to serve in the U.S. Senate on top of it. Although she has that extensive list, it's so many of us that have that, is my point. We're so qualified. We're so ready. We're, we have so many accomplished women, especially Black women in the arena, that get overlooked. And that's what I'm saying about this shouldn't, be us uh, uh, so special like it is because it's a norm across America, really. It and is not highlighted. It is, but being that she's a black woman, that all of that's going to get drowned out because all they're going to see is her skin. But that's my point. My point is, is that it's a great wealth of black women that are accomplished in their own right. But that is what I'm saying, but it's always been suppressed and pushed back, and that's not been the narrative right. that's been put out there. Uh -huh. That's don't my get point. The recognition. Right. Mm -hmm. well. So, I mean, to most of Mer America that's not in our community, yes, it looks like, oh, wow, <laughs> just like they thought Obama. Oh, wow, yes, he was right. highly intelligent. Yes, he's well-spoken. Yes, he's a great right. speech storyteller. But we have so many. But we don't get the exactly. opportunity. So, Correct. you know, that's why I said- Majority are talented in some way and very smart and accomplished. Right. We're not privy to- getting opportunities and to be in these positions that's why it is great that we're breaking down the barriers correct to get it to get like i said to get a seat at the table and it needs to be in all, all across the board diversity so we should right. be in it in every aspect of any kind of politics yeah it's huge that we've come to this point already and i mean in agreement like what you said i think and Doreen already answered this too it's been we've always had to work harder Right, and it, it goes. It's not just black people. This is women too. We've always had to work harder because less was ex expected. You know, society assumed that we were lesser, right? Mm -hmm. So we've always had to work harder to show that we we're even on par. Right. Right. We really are above, but by the times. Yep, it's unfortunate because it's almost like a, uh, what is it? Um, not a curse, but um, oh my gosh, I can't think right now. 
Yeah, no, that sounds about right. First, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> we done something happened way back, but yeah, yeah like it does like, like and it is a curse. Yeah, it well, is a curse. Okay, so trying to break, you know, what, what, uh, you know, the the norm. You're trying to lift the curse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Shouldn't be normal. Yeah, it shouldn't be normal that we. You know, like his mom said, see of um, the um, President Barack Obama. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, we got a black nominee. Um, John Lewis marching how many right. years ago? March 60 years ago, and then you just seeing it like now that that's right. Move, uh, one thing I, I know what you're yeah. saying. They wait until yes. the people are gone. That they don't really know the impact that they made because they're already gone. And this and now you want to say, I get it. Now you want to say, oh, by the way. Thanks. It shouldn't be like that, right? We shouldn't 200, 100. We just was able to vote 100 years ago. Is that normal? We got we got people 100 and 203 years old that are living right now. You're like, wow, that's normal? We, oh, we were only able to vote 100 years? That's it? No, wow. it hasn't been 100 years, honey. Women, it's mom, only been 50. Women. It was I'm a, talking about black folk. Well, Okay, well, I'm we only started fighting. I know you talking. You talking about other things. Just she's talking, the... about, she's talking about it probably being said we could, but I'm telling you the only way we really could was 50 uh, years ago. It's it's crazy how you said women's suffrage. Like that's a whole mm. thing. Oh, that's just crazy. Yes, really been through a lot as as women when we're the ones. You know, is without us, I mean, the world really couldn't keep going. You ain't lying. Literally, because even if they think they can put something in a little petri dish and grow something, where you gonna think you're getting them cells from? You still gotta have a woman. Mm hmm. A lot about that. You still gotta have a woman. Yep. We, Mother Earth, and you know, Mother Nature. <laughs> you know, it all boils back down to us. It's just being hidden a little bit better. It didn't go anywhere. They just can't be as blatant and open as they'd like to. Right, because everything's exposed. You are exposed. Yeah. Yes, the big brother is definitely watching on real time now. Okay. Like a big sister. <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. So it's just sad. It is. But it, it's just a lot of women that fought and fight still to this day, and we will never stop. Nope. So we are a force to be reckoned with. We are not stopping for no one. I told you, we're going to fight for our life. It began in 1848. What did you see? Uh, what do you expect from your new Democratic ticket that you think I don't, will change? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm to be honest, and I'm just gonna be 100% honest. I am confused. I don't know which way to go at this point. Um, I know what I what I want out of a president, but I don't know if Biden can deliver what we need. Well, it sure ain't gonna be the other man. Who Trump? It ain't gonna be the orange man. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, when it came to the unemployment benefits and. Things like that. I know it might not seem like a lot to people, but it's a lot when you have no income. And he's saying whether you are on the books or off the books, you know, you can get $600 a week 
for 39 weeks, you know, just until you can get back on your feet. That that was a lot. And and I've seen presidents do things like when we had the bird flu, it was everybody thought that was a joke, but they didn't go in didn't come anywhere close to what they're doing for us with the COVID. And the bird flu could have been just as bad. That's what I'm saying. It, it did get pretty bad, but I didn't see anybody saying, don't go to work. You can spread this. Or if you don't go to work, we can help you do this. They didn't do none of that. Now nope. this is, is a little bit worse. And they really telling Trump, no, we don't want to give no them any more unemployment because they're not going to want to go back to work and nobody's going to want to do this and nobody's going to want to do that. But $600 a week, if people are making used to making $1,200 a week or better, don't you think they'd want to go back to work? Of course. But he's at least given that. And and I haven't seen anybody. And then and now they, they don't want to give anymore. He's saying, no, I'll sign it again. Yes, these people still need the help. And, Cong- and the Congress, the Democrats are so against him, they're not listening to, listening to his ideas. They're just shutting them down before they even get up off the ground. But he signed it again for people to continue to get those benefits with children they got to feed still. And welfare is not giving it to you because you did work and made such and such amount of money. They're not giving you anything. So he's trying to extend these little benefits for the people. And I think he did a good job on that. Not saying I agree with everything because he is crazy to me. Well, but that's he the point of why he did it, because he knew that the few that are um, struggling would bite the apple and forget the rest and try to praise him on that while it's getting close to election. Right, if it was under control, exactly. Right. Wouldn't have been in this. Did it happen? We wouldn't need it. People right. could have been working. But it's been it's this pandemic has got un, out of control because we don't have leadership. Period. It should never have gotten to this point where we at. We're at over twenty one, over twenty one million cases globally. Well, I already and, knew that was going to happen. The numbers are still right. going to grow up to my sixty million. I promise you that. But it's just. That's what they're telling us. I agree, but at the same time, it did happen. What's happening? What six hundred dollars is is something if you got zero dollars, because a lot of people that self-employed could not even draw unemployment, well, and it's a it, lot of self-employed people that don't put well, their why money did on they the lose their job at the end of the year. Right? Why did they huh? lose the job to begin with? She said, "Why did they lose the job?" The job because of the COVID. I understand. Well, Dory said we didn't have leadership. That we didn't have leadership and uh, you know they, they went about it all wrong, but that's our country and others as well, especially China. They knew they didn't even want anybody, but then okay. when our country did know, they yeah they they did they weren't prepared. Okay, so can a dead so why child is can, not like a, America? Okay, but can a dead person spend six hundred dollars? No, the, a dead person wouldn't get it. Ex- well, if you would got dead, if you be dead. Right, I'm saying you die from COVID if we if you dead because we don't have the proper um, leadership in office in order to steer us and get, get right. Us but it's a lot of people that's not dead. It's okay. a lot of people that's not dead that are receiving those benefits and it's helping families. That's what I'm saying. The, the people that are, that are actually alive. You have to talk about the people that are living so that they won't have to go back and work and uh, contract COVID and bring it back to their families. Okay, let me bring the focus back in here. I know you're speaking from, um, you try to speak on behalf of the impoverished community. I'm gonna say it that way. And what I'm saying to you is that yes, granted, yes, wonderful, you got your $600 and it does mean a lot. 
when you don't have anything else working for you. But the point of the whole conversation is the reason why you must, like you took that $600 check and you was able to live off of it, for all the people that have benefited from the $600, the point is that if you would have decided that voting was the most important thing to you on the day of election, we would have had a different economy set up where you would have profited more than $600. So you need to get out there and vote. Yes, the $600 came in handy, but you are not living nowhere comparable to the ones that have given you that $600 as just a crumb off of their plate. And that's my point. And if we didn't get sick to this magnitude, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Right. So what I was, my point was, yes, that $600 is, is a crumb in the bucket from the people that signed in the papers. Yeah. But if the, if the, like I said, they were getting no any, they weren't getting any money. So that, the, some of the people that were self-employed, the people that had their own businesses that couldn't go and file for a grant because they didn't have the proper paycheck stubs and, and things like that to bring because they were, they were self-employed. So a lot of people did hair, a lot of people did nails. You know, a lot of people had jobs like that and it was doing fine for them because they had their the clients. The government's job is huh? to intervene. When it's a crisis, it's the government's job and responsibility to step yeah, in. Yeah, I know that. Sure. So, I mean, it's- I know, but I haven't seen it done before. Because we never had this amount of death and destruction before. That's the point. Well, right. I would argue otherwise. I would argue if it didn't get this bad, it could be because we did take more precautions than we took this time. Right? And maybe it what wasn't was as contagious. I, I don't know specifically. I was too young to, to remember, honestly. It was not. Hey, I don't remember the Spanish. But, First but, of all, okay. okay. Ahead, Let me stop everybody because you're going into the wrong information. The only other historical disease can uh virus that was similar to this was, was in the flu, early right? 1900s now did everybody understand that what do you expect from it i honestly don't expect much like it's the lesser two evils again in an election and the person well the candidate i was most impressed with and wanted to get to this point is not for the running anymore so, I mean, I kind of don't really have a choice in the matter. Right. We only can go with what's happening. And yeah. I'm asking you, for what's getting ready to take place, what do you want or expect from your new president? I want the changes that are being promised to actually be done. I want the justice system to be changed. I want the the penalization of police officers to be changed. Like just things need to change in order to help our community and to kind of close the gap we already have as a society between each other. That's the main thing I'm looking for. So you're looking for unity to become uh, the reality more widespread than it has ever. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I would pray and hope for this 
uh, United States is that we do live up to the United States name and really right. embrace, you know, different yeah. ideologies. What were you saying, James? What I'd like to say to that is, I agree with what Jessica said. What I, okay, what made me feel more confident is that the message now has been unification, right? right. And I'm sure it's politics, right? Who knows how they really feel? Hopefully they're genuine about what they're saying, right? But right. the message from the Democratic Party and Democratic candidates has been unity, right? We are one people and we need to remember that we're one people and bring the country back together. Because right. I would say this is the most divisive I've felt in America in my life. Right. right. I, I mean, there's always been systemic racism, all those type of things, but now it feels like it's more prominent. It feels like it's more out in the open. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I don't, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable even to exist as a black man in America. Mm. Right? Not that I haven't always, but now it, it feels even more so. It, it is. It yeah. is. Right. Wow. Because I, I think I went to a PWI. Right. So even when I got to school, I never felt like people were racist towards me, even if they might have been. But now I have that question because now it's more prominent. Right. Mm -hmm. How do they feel? Because if it feels like people are more divided than they ever have been to me. What is PWI, sir? Predominantly, predominantly white institution. Not okay, an HBCU. HBCU is a historically black college. I went to a predominantly white college. Okay. Right. But you have a different, so, right, exactly. Correct. Very different experience. Gotcha, James. So I felt immersed in that culture. I, I felt like I couldn't connect with many people, right? And so I, even though I felt mm -hmm. isolated, I didn't feel like I was, I didn't feel lesser than. Right, but I, but I feel like now if I went to a PWI, I'd always feel like they felt like I was lesser than. That's how I feel like I would feel. I got you. See, they would see okay. you as that. Yes. I got you. Okay. I, I hear what you're saying, but my response to, to that statement is America's always, since it's almost near its conception, had that kind of dynamic going. So I'm saying this with this upheaval and turnover of the dirt, we'll say, is going to put sunshine to where all this darkness has been hidden behind where people weren't being truthful yeah. about maybe whatever they felt. So right. I hear what you're saying. And to that extent, where you went to, I feel that they were being honest with you in accepting because you know sure. it was uh, um, very diverse even though it was predominantly white it was very also international yes mm -hmm. so you know it wasn't believe it or not more of the international world have less of a bias towards us than oh, America yes. right right yes. so that's my point so a lot of the people that you did interact with no, but it's okay. I don't feel was as poisoned but when they get here to America, yes, they do I, become poison. I wouldn't name any schools, but yeah, if you went mm -hmm. to other universities where they were, um, I guess, United statewide white um, communities, you know, Caucasian communities, and you went to a school like right. that, yes, you would mm -hmm. have had a different where it was majority American. Majority, right, American, right, exactly, yes. And that's why we can't breathe America, because to even have to feel that way every time you enter a school, a job, uh, uh, um, any kind of work site, anytime you go shopping, any, this is what we're talking about, and this is what needs to be more dis discussed more wide range among all different nationalities in order for us to really get 
to a point of understanding on everybody's point of view because to be honest with you son a lot of your peers wasn't aware as as you wasn't of really how deep and undertow of hate that was going under the undercurrent of America. I was always aware. I don't. I know a lot of them were not. That's what I'm saying. I agree. Yes, mm -hmm. but that comes from upbringing, right? It comes from whitewashing history. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. right. I was exposed to a lot of those things, right? I was very blessed right. to have a lot of knowledge coming about all of the school system I had, right? To grow up in a black community, to grow up with parents that cared about teaching right. me those type of things. But I know a lot of them. Even talking about slavery with a lot of them, things that I like Nat Turner. Right, mm -hmm. like uh, all those, they never heard of him. Right, mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. of things that I thought were just you know, people know about those things you learn about them in school, they didn't even know about. Right, right, the way they learned slavery, the way they learned about American history was a very through a very different lens than the one I had. Right, mm -hmm. well, again, that's why we can't breathe America because our history, where is it? It's not being taught. We have to speak and talk about our own history, we have to learn American history. Mm -hmm. Inside of learning American history is not a complete story. Yep. Because we're part of the story. We helped build America. Huh. Okay. Literally. And so yep. how could we build America and not be a part of America? Free labor. Basically. Yeah. All right. So what do you see as some of the things that would probably help get um, unity or understanding? What are some of the things you think would even help to change some of this systematic oppression? Because that's what it is. I don't know about specific policy, but I think even mm -hmm. okay. So one of the reasons I think, as as bad as it sounds, having a black woman at the table already, I think, is putting a lot of people at ease, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the main problems I think people have with Joe Biden is that in his past he has he has been racist. You know, he's done policies against the black community that have hurt us, right? Right. But having a black woman at the table, we expect her to fight for us. Mm -hmm. We expect right. her to put policies forth that will benefit us and help uplift us from the oppression mm -hmm. that we've had. Right. Regardless right. of what she's done her path, regardless of, you know, yes. Right. Right. Well, yeah, we got to be in the room to help change the room. Exactly. And that's the bottom line. I mean, we've been kept out of a <laughs> multitude of conversations. So, I mean, you know. We have to bring our ideas. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I agree with James. We have to, her being at the table, you know, we expect it, but you know, we have, we talked in previous conversations, um, there ne needs to be more um, diverse um, panels. Mm -hmm. So we're bringing our uh, problems and solutions or suggestions um, to everyone so we can come up with a plan of action. Um, again, and that has to be <laughs> someone, a representation of all communities. I honestly, I'm excited that we do have a a black woman as a Democratic Party for the vice president candidacy. Um, mm -hmm. I'm hoping somewhere along the pipeline that change will come. I mean, because just looking over it from years and years and years, the the country is growing and changing, but everything is remaining the same. 
Mm. Right. Like the the they might change three fourths of a law and that's it. But at the end of the day, if you are of African American, you're you're gonna get punished more harshly than someone who's not. So it's like no matter they are she is one of the lesser evils, but it's just amazing to me in order for us to actually change, we have to grow. And the country is growing, but we're still stuck in from slave time. Mm-hmm. We're still stuck in we don't matter, we don't care. We're stuck we're still stuck in white supremacy, supremacy or white privilege. Like what why? What why what makes you feel as though you're so much more superior than me that I can't have the same thing things as you and my children can't have the same things as you or the laws that apply to you and apply to me, I get 10 times more punishment than you do. Why? Why is that? So I'm hoping that we can have those meetings at the round table to maybe air that out. I mean, I I don't foresee that actually happen. I'm pretty sure they're not going to sit around the table and talk about that, but it's a conversation that needs to be it's a conversation that needs to be had because we have to start from there so we can have understanding and unity. But if we don't, we're just going to keep going in the same cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the point of, um, yeah, we do need to have those type of discussions, but not only in the political arena, we need to have this in the community arena. We need to have these discussions within the corporate um, settings. And we need foot soldiers that are willing to speak up. Now, we have a lot of people that want to see change, but are you willing to be a part of the change? That is the real question and we've just like we spoke of god rest his soul john lewis who was protesting out there and he was an advocate his entire life he gave to the cause and um just like obama had thanked him the day that he even got into office when he was sworn in the first thing he said he turned to first person he turned to was john lewis to say because of you i am and that's so true but we right. need more of that type of energy channel so that way we can bridge this gap that exists because we need to be in these rooms at those tables and be willing to speak up and speak out mm-hmm. without feeling threatened. Because that's the thing mm-hmm. too. That is I don't know to touch on this because you brought it up. Okay. What I will say too is that I, I agree completely with about having addressing these issues openly, right? And in the corporate setting as well. Mm-hmm. For I've all growing up, I've always heard right that a lot of these issues, you know, racism, uh, discrimination, all the things are kind of taboo to talk about at work, right? And you should bring mm-hmm. them to HR, of course, but it's not something that you openly discuss because you don't right. want to offend people, you don't want to step on anybody's toes. But recently, especially at both of my past jobs, in my job now, I've seen issues starting to be addressed, right? Openly, where there's a forum to make things known, to, you know, to voice your concerns and to mm-hmm. shine light on these issues that haven't been talked about, so that even people who might not have had the education to see the issues and understand the issues that exist are getting to hear about them and see people who've been affected by it so they can understand and learn from it. And I think that's right. Huge. That's been Absolutely. Huge. Right. You gotta be How about at your job site. Are they um, either one April or Doreen? Are you seeing the discussions being had? And then I want to say something about what you did say, son about the fact that you were saying that you would step on somebody's toes but the fact of the matter is you might be stepping on somebody's toes but you are stepping on our necks so where you know what i mean so you shouldn't be yeah be worried about saying something 
right. Because of, of that. And now, literally, we see people stepping on our necks. So, I mean, it has to be, you know, brought to the forefront. Have comfortable conversations. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just. And you're going to have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Doing right. Doing it exactly. And that's just my motto. And that's it. Because that's just what the reality of the situation is. It's going, it's going to get uncomfortable and sometimes it's going to get ugly unnecessarily because people don't know how to be able to hear something that they might not agree with and be able to understand that, okay, it is another point of view other than yourself. Right. Right. And be able to be grown enough to hear it, take it in, analyze it logically and really have empathy to hear what is being said to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we, we are able to have open discussions in, at my job um, around racism. Mm -hmm. um, we can't have open discussions about politics, but we can have open discussion about racism. And if anybody know, when you talk about racism, politics always get drawn into it. So it's kind of a, yeah, don't go too far, but we can do it. And I work in a call center, so that's just like um, on the floor amongst our peers. I'm pretty sure, you know, like in the employee handbook, it's null and void altogether. But if me and my black coworker, my Asian coworker, my white coworker, you know, whoever we're having a conversation, as long as it doesn't get to the point where we're getting loud or disruptive, we mm -hmm. can do that. But but like your son said, that should be something that needs to be addressed via CEO. Like, hey. You know, this is your company. You hire X amount of people of all different races and nationalities. So mm -hmm. they need to be able to have these conversations. You need to be able to have these conversations. Right. It shouldn't take for a national tragedy to happen where, mm -hmm. oh, well, in light of what happened to George Floyd, they gave us eight minutes and 46 seconds of silence. Mm -hmm. Like, right. yeah, you, I guess that's considered change. I didn't look at it that way, but you got to start somewhere. So maybe now, with that happening, they're going to start implementing more things into the employee handbook to get out to the employees, you know, trickle down from the CEO and all the way down and all the way down that we know we have a diverse company. We need to be able to have racial conversation. That's true. That's correct. It's going to have to go across the board for many companies. It's going to have to do that. Companies that are have you wearing Black Lives Matters t-shirt is not a dang on change to me. Okay. There's just a sale on a t-shirt. Exactly. Who is selling the t-shirt? Exactly. Who in face? Right. Mm -hmm. that's, so how are you benefiting yet again? again? That's like somebody, right. It's like dangling a carrot. For, no, that's not to quiet this. I guess maybe this sort of storm doesn't keep on uh, brewing, but no, that, that doesn't simmer, you know, a satisfactory or um, change anything perspective or what's being actions are, you know, that are, being um, put on people out here um, by, like I said, slogans and um, if you just you all you have to do is sit around and watch the commercials trying to change. They having um, you know um, interracial couples or um, shows and things like that. Just trying to show you, I guess, that they're um, embracing um, African Americans when it 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 just I don't know. It's like it's a not the reality. Yeah. You know yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Hmm, they fake in the funk. Right. Okay. So, so, go ahead. Well, what I would say to that is, even if it is felonious, I guess, or if they're trying to do that just to, like, they fake the funk, just 
to show an image, having that image in the media still is powerful. Correct. Oh, absolutely. Right? I need that in black and white, though. I don't need that. I don't. Like yeah. I said, the shirt. That I get said, what you're I, saying. The point of, yeah. The point of my comment was, don't just say, yeah. okay, you can do this. Oh, you can express yourself. No, put that in writing. Right. Just like how April said, you need to change policies. I want to say in right. black and white handbook that yes, because if you read and in in different handbooks, you're not like you like April was saying, you're not able to talk about race. You're not supposed to talk about race. You know all that openly. Right. You can be fired or or disciplined. So mm-hmm. if I have the right, you're saying in your in your company setting to do these things, then it needs Ooh. to be in black and white, just like laws. If you're saying that this is acceptable, Ooh. then I need to see it in writing because when they walk you out, it's gonna be somewhere in uh uh exhibit A one dash five that you'd have done something, <laughs> they're gonna find it. So mm-hmm. walk you yep. on out, you know, where you thought that it was okay. You know, maybe from a leadership person in you know on locally when it wasn't mm-hmm. on a big grand scheme thing. That's what I'm saying. Something it should be a safe place where you can have unlimited conversation, long as it's without disrespect. Right. right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And out repercussion. Right. Yes. Because that's what people are afraid of. To you know, a lot mm-hmm. of times they invoice things because you're you're afraid of what may happen to you discipline-wise, you know, your livelihood, especially, like I said, in a work setting, you're not trying to say too much because you don't want to get ultimately be in trouble from something that you believe. Right, you should and hard ladies, Yeah, you know, you should be able to free, like, as long as you don't disrespect anybody, you should be able to speak openly and have um, a conversation about things that are going on in the workplace, period, or just in general. Well, with that being implemented, actually, it would bring more of a unified workplace. Right. Because everybody's understanding the lines that have been held, so that way it starts to merge. Right. Mm-hmm. Trainings or, you know, sessions where you're freely able to learn, because everybody doesn't know, know everything. I mean, you could be, it doesn't matter your age or whatever, you don't have... I mean, I have the wisdom and insight of different things that are going on. You could be obli- people think that people, oh, you're so oblivious. You don't know. No, some people haven't experienced those things, mm-hmm. or been exposed to those things, um, to to have insight or to really know how another race may feel or, you know, right. or to speak on it. So yeah, it should be an open, you know, trainings discussion. and things like that yeah. where you're able, right, mm-hmm. yeah, where you're able to freely speak and learn from one another. And see, I like transparency. I mm. want to be able to have a conversation with a white woman or a white man and say, hey, a racist, for, for, for lack of better words, what is it so much that you hate about me as a black woman or me as a black person? I want you to be able to look me in my eyes and tell me X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That's where we need to go. We're never going to get there. I mm-hmm. hate to say it, but it's true because people are not comfortable with being uncomfortable as we all know and then you cannot give me a valid reason outside of that's how you were raised i i, I just can't believe that you mm-hmm. that's how that's, i don't believe it's a valid reason for you to have you know what i mean so right, you know better asking that question probably is stupid because you what is it that you can tell me what is it that another 35 year old white woman or white racist man can tell me that they hate me you don't know me personally. I've never done anything to you. You've never done anything to me. But what is it about my people and my culture that you hate so much? If we can have those conversations, the world can change and continue to move forward. 
So the topic but is why do you wait? You know, they're not ready to have that. Because asking a racist why they're racist, they really have to think and think about it. <laughs> For you That's to ask good. me to say, well, I'm racist because you're black. Okay, well, if, I was, if I was yellow, would you still be racist? Well, we know well, the answer would be yes. <laughs> well, you know, we can't fix all ignorant people because I, right. I feel some you know, people are very, just, just a lot of ignorant uh, people out here that just, you know, is, they're going to be who they're going to be. Um, but on a grand scheme of things, um, they, sh- you know, someone should be able to tell you, okay, you're looking at me, you don't like me. Why? Do you know Why? me? You like see, that's, I guess, because I'm too transparent and I like common sense and I need stuff to make sense. I'm, right. I'm just with you, Doreen. Look at me and tell me why you hate me. Absolutely. And I think I can remember growing up, I think it was Donahue, the white guy with the um white yes. hair. Yes, he used to have shows like this all the time. He used to have conference like he used to have open forums where he had racist white people as mm-hmm. the guests and uh, or audience for the black people. I can't remember what they said, but they always wound up fighting. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Yeah, that was Phil Donahue, bless his soul. Mm. Yes, like he, you know, it was somebody who I don't know if he was just doing it for ratings or if he was really doing it for real. I kind of felt 50 50 because he could be so mm. intense about it. So who knows? Gotta start somewhere, you know. Yes. Right. And to piggyback off your mom, you know, we need people who are not afraid and need to speak up. And like you said, Doreen, we we have so many people. Let's do this. We want to change. Da da da. da. They right. don't know where to start. They don't know how to start. And then they are also also too scared of the repercussions. Because I guess I know for me, I think about when you had that one slave or that one person who wanted to move forward with change, and so much grief would come to them. Mm-hmm. You know, that got us in the mindset of we got to stay where we are because I'm afraid of what may happen to me. Yeah. But when they have them, we right. shouldn't be there. But we've been conditioned from that since slavery. That's true. But evilness is real as well. Yeah. So I mean, that's a whole nother layer. Yeah, and that could come from any diversity. It could come from any ethnic background. Absolutely. But that is, but that is a real existing issue. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. And we had some great commentary. We're going to bring in some more people from diverse yeah. uh, backgrounds. So that way we can have this dialogue and begin to make these different bridges. Because we're going to bridge the gap that exists. Before we go, I want to ask you again, Miss Jessica, is there anything you want to say from um, coming from the youngest young Black woman in the group? about what this election means to you from that perspective? It's just sad. I really think it's just sad how everything is unfolding and how, you know, how, how bad it really is. And for people to now start to see it even more so and pay attention more, <laughs> it's, it's important. It's important to have, you know, everyone come together and finally realize the wrongs that have been taking place instead of turning a blind eye to it. So I feel that if things go the way I hope they do, where we get back on track as far as 
as a country becoming, you know, as one, you know, being a unit and working together with each other and not just being so against each other and so far off into the distance on certain things, then I think we'll be fine. But it's just, it, there's so much to do to fix these things. Yes. Like, there's so many aspects of the Black community that are so far behind. Well, I'm going to leave on this note. No matter what your political association is, no matter what you feel is the reason why you think you should stay home. Don't stay home. Get out and vote. Your vote matters and it affects everyone. Listeners, I want to thank you again for joining me for another episode of Booming Your Face. Please remember to support the podcast on the website. As a reminder, if you'd like to share your Booming Your Face music or share your Booming Your Face moments or just want to join in the conversation, reach out and email me at boomingyourface616 at gmail or visit the website and sign up for the newsletter and share your stories. I'm your host, Mary Kearney. Be blessed. Booming Your Face Booming your face. Booming your face. Booming your face.